On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to Hunter's Postmortem on this Monday. It is the 29th of May. Hopefully everyone had a great weekend. If you've been listening to the Big Sports Breakfast this morning, thanks for continuing to listen to Sky Sports Radio. If you've just joined us for the first time across New South Wales or the ACT or via the Tab app, hello and good morning to you. What a weekend of racing it was. Of course, we saw plenty of good racing coming out of the Sunshine State as their winter carnival continues. Some good winter racing at headquarters as well in Sydney and also down south, a few winners for us at the Sandown meeting. Looking forward to uh, dissecting all of that and taking your calls on 135353 or you can send us a text on 0419-767272. Our panel today is Ron Duffercy, David Gately and Michael Maxworthy. And as I say good morning to you, Duff, think about it. Joe Pride's been telling us for a long time this is a good horse. We know he's a good horse, but boy, oh boy, he jumped that bar on Saturday and he is... Your red-hot Stradbroke favourite. Yep, he certainly is, and um, he's done a marvellous job uh, to get as far as he's got in such a short time to, to, to go to a, a Group 1 wait for age and um, get the job done. Uh, second up, uh, being so lightly raced and having that, um, you know, like I said, he's, he's a benchmark horse not long ago, and all of, all of a sudden he's a clear-cut, deserved Stradbroke favourite. Um, Sammy Clipperton gets on so well with him. He's a, a quirky horse um, who's a, a a bit of a handful in the yard, but he is a gentleman. Once them barriers open, he's a he's got a great racing brain on him. He can, you can I've said it before. You can make two or three runs on him, and he comes back underneath you. And he is um, done. A, he's done a great job, and full steam ahead. Uh, towards the Stradbroke, um, in saying that, I thought Converge was very good there as well. So the Stradbroke's taking shape, and it's uh, very interesting once we get that barrier draw into our speed map. It certainly is. Uh, the top of the market, think about it, $3. Hawaii 5.0, who we're going to touch on, of course. He is now 4.50 second favourite. Converge there, who was a good runner, as you mentioned, Duff, $7. And Ruthless Dame at $8. So if the market's correct, the Stradbroke will be... That trophy will be heading south uh, into possibly New South Wales or maybe even into Victoria if Ruthless Dame can produce uh, what she has. Uh, we go to David Gately. Uh, Gately, hello to you, mate. Good to have you back on Punters Postmortem. And you had a front row seat to Saturday. Was Think About It your highlight or was Hawaii 5.0 right up there? Yeah, good morning, team and punters and, and listeners. Um, yeah, I mean, you can. it's a question without an answer, really. I mean, everyone's opinion is valid. Um, I thought Kovalika was probably the, the run and win of the day, uh, given the margin, given the uh, exceptional time, um, albeit off a strong speed. But that's what endurance athletes do. And they're able to sustain speed. And, uh, you know, you say, oh, he only beat fame. He was off a benchmark 58, but he thrashed stroke of luck, who's so good in the, the um, ATC derby. Thrash promises kept so good in the South Australian derby. Um, and Aberfeldy Boy was beaten seven lengths, who was so good in that same race. So... Um, outstanding stuff. Michael Maxworthy, speaking of front row seats, was there at Eagle Farm on Saturday. Maxie, welcome to Punters Postmortem. And 
Well, we've mentioned uh, three of the big guns, haven't we? Think about it, um, Kovalisha, and also uh, the performance of Hawaii 5-0. It was a very, very good day, wasn't it, if you were following those horses? Yeah, and I think overall it was uh, probably a good day for punters, Dave. Uh, the longest price winner there at Eagle Farm was Soprato at $12, and he wasn't hard to find at all. He was coming off a, a Group 2 win a fortnight ago on the Champagne Classic. That was a controversial race with a protest, sixth against first, but all in all, it was a, a great day's racing. And I think we're going to wait until Wednesday uh, for first acceptors for the Stradbroke, so we'll know on Wednesday... Uh, the latest sort of order of entry uh, because of the borderline cases. Um, as Duff mentioned uh, prior to 9 o'clock, uh, the run of Yellow Brick for Queensland uh, was absolutely super. Um, Hawaii 5-0 certainly got the jump on him because he began brilliantly. Great Nash ride. He let a couple go, third defence, and he accelerated nicely in the home straight. I just wonder what might have been had Yellow Brick been able to get um, a little bit more of a clearer path in the home straight. Let's talk about uh, the uh, the Kingsford Smith, and we'll talk about it in depth, and there's already a couple of texts on the text line about it. So think about it, as we know, and you mentioned Duff uh, was very good, obviously, in uh, his performance. You mentioned Converge. Um, was very good darting up the inside, wasn't it? It was a lovely run. Yeah, he's, he's, there's indications that he's come back as well as ever. He's He's been a little bit wishy-washy the last couple of preps and um, after really putting his main name in lights really at Eagle Farm over the carnival last year or the, was it the year before anyway um, he look and uh, what caught me the most is in all the interviews that Adrian who's usually a very forward person he's, he was more or less saying not today not today not today which tells me there's something up the sleeve for next time um, so I think uh, arguably even though think about all needing better at the weights in the um, Stradbroke, I do think he is a live wire chance. It's just he's just got to keep him fresh enough for the fourteen hundred, and I'm sure they will. And he's right there. And, and saying that, Rothfire was tough again. He's, he's he's back, Rothfire, but he just could be vulnerable the last hundred metres in the Stradbroke. King of Sparta was good, but it's all. I, I think it's all about the top two, to tell you the truth. Uh, there was a few there that, uh, that we were expecting, well, I think Connections were expecting better runs from, but coming out of the race, I think you can only take two and a half horses going to the Stradbroke, and that's one, two, three. What about uh, your thoughts on the Kingsford Smith Gator? There's a couple of texts here, uh, obviously in relation to Converge, who we've just touched on, but uh, also in some of the Beaten Brigade, um, the emergency down the bottom, um, which uh, was number 17 for the O'Day Hoisted team, um, uh, Charlotte, and also King of Sparta getting home nicely. Yeah, that's the way I read the race. Those first five had a gap on the rest of them, didn't they? And that uh, sixth horse was Valana, who did cover ground and actually ran pretty well himself, but... Um now, I think if you're looking purely from a Stradbroke perspective, uh, the Quinoa, I agree with Ronnie, they're the ones to take out of it. Um, if you're looking at the race uh, in its own, um, you know, just, just on its own, um, then all five or even six of those runs are really good. Shalow did work home really well without ever looking the winner. Uh, she was third quickest last 200. Converge had the title at 12-12. Tempo wasn't super strong uh, relative to the class. About two and a, two lengths and change below average, but a strong last 600 figure and overall time. Pretty much bang on uh, group one class average. So a, a proper group one race. And Maxi, obviously the favourite SPing was uh, a case of you who came out of that uh, Doombin 10,000. And just reading the stewards report, 
Uh, Mark Zara reported that, in his opinion, his mount did not appreciate today's firm racing service. Raced also keenly in that early and middle stages and near the 900 was restrained off heels. So possibly some excuses to come out of there for the favourite because we were expecting a better run, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, we were. Uh, maybe the, the firmer track and... You know, he's, he's been really effective, this horse of Case of You, 1,000 to 1,200 metres. Um, and this was 1,300. He raced a little bit more handier this time. He was over racing, uh, didn't quite finish off. A couple of the others there, the Inferno got a bit of a check for a few strides in the straight. Well, gentlemen, Roy, we all expected him to go forward and inject a little more pace into the race. And I think that's why we saw the likes of King of Sparta and um, the Irish Gallagher, a Case of You, racing more handy. Um, I think there was a, a slight incident at the start. Looking at the head-on, uh, Gentleman Roy perhaps didn't jump that well, and all of a sudden he's back extremely wide. He actually finished off okay up the straight, and Pulele, who drew wide, it was basically mission impossible for him. I don't know what his immediate future is, Pulele, but I forget that run. He jumped off of me, went left, he was squeezed, he was back to stone last, travelling strongly coming towards the bend, but... As Gator said, it was a pretty slick final 600. However, he still found the line okay, so I thought there was an excuse with him. What about uh, this uh, performance of Hawaii 5 though, Duff? Uh, lovely ride by Nash, sat behind the speed, popped out in the straight, um, and just that, that burst of speed to, to obviously run down uh, that leader. Um, I tell you what, uh, he's going to make his presence felt, isn't he, in that finish of the Stradbroke? Oh, with 49 and a half on his back, yeah. and he, he's certainly going to be, uh, and the timing's there with him as well. So he was a month between runs going into there and still early in his preparation. So he's, the key to him is, he's, I think, is the dry tracks. So weather watch with him heading to a, a Stradbroke. And if he gets a dry track on Strad, Stradbroke day, he's going to be very, very highly fancied. He's a, a lovely big horse who's always had a boom on him. He's, gonna, he's been given the time and uh, he's, he's obviously delivering now. So he'll be very popular. Um, I'd love to see the second horse get in because he won me on yeah. Saturday. Um, he will never know with him. He just got held up for a little while there. Uh, but that was very important for a horse like him who can probably get up to a mile. So he, I'd love to see him in the Stradbrokes. He'd be a good little chance because um, he's, he's, a, he's a bit like, think about it, as far as his little winning sequence and jumping the bar every time they throw it up in front of him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say not much between one, two there. Third horse has run the race of his life. Swiss Exile was OK from the good draw, but, uh, yeah, a lovely horse on the rise and can easily go on with it. Mm. What did uh, you make of the Fred Best Classic Gator? Yeah, well, purely on, on, um, on times and measures, it hasn't rated... Uh, substantially inferior to the Kingsford Smith. So that does give us a line, you know, when they clash um, in a few weeks, you know, assuming they do tack in your relative weights, barrage yours, et cetera. But um, speed, two and a half lengths just below that, below class average. But again, a, a strong last 400 figure, four lengths above class average time, pretty much bang on. So um, winner had the dream run, yellow brick. Um, yeah, more room would have been handy. Um, but I, in my very humble, I don't think it cost him the race. And uh, certainly others to follow in lesser grade, perhaps the likes of Soothsayer, um, Sandpaper, but uh, they're, they're back a notch for, to find a win, those horses. Mm, what are they like to, what's he like to look at in the yard, this yellow brick, Maxie? Oh, he's a, he's a lovely horse. 
although they didn't think much of him at the sales, he only cost $20,000, but I believe there was a slight issue on a scan. He had to have a little um, bone chip removed, but they, they got that done straight away. Um, but he's just so versatile, this horse. I thought he'd show a little bit more speed. He had actually drawn inside of a Y5O, but um, as Ronnie said, he could possibly be looking for a little bit further now, and he did knuckle down once he sort of got completely into the clear and really attacked the line late, and he just keeps on jumping over the hurdle. Uh, but all honest with the winner, he wasn't as explosive as what he was at Hawkesbury, but this was a stronger field. And uh, hopefully uh, Hawaii Five O gets the right track conditions. I'm sure he will in Stradbroke on Saturday week. Your yeah, panel today: Ron Duffersey, David Gately, and also uh, Michael Maxworthy, who we just heard from. Uh, let's continue a quick look here because these texts are flying in in relation to the races there on the weekend. Obviously, um, Antino, um, very good with the big weight. Um, what did you make of the performance, Duff? You'd, it was it was a, a big run. Yep, he was gifted the lead, which was the first shock. Um, everyone had him well. What's he going to do from 21? And I heard um, an interview with Tony. He said we might he might be better running on anyway. And then all of a sudden, uh, Orman seized the opportunity when they well they slowed up. It's as simple as that. Gifted him the lead, beautiful horse. And I think he stamped himself off to a certain extent as well. So he's he's a very promising horse. Blazer Trail's ready to win the right race. But, uh, yeah, no knock from me now on uh, Antino. He's, um, he's another one. He, you know, he strings the wins together, and he's, uh, he's got a, lo- a lovely future, maybe more so in the spring now, I'd say. And coming to you on the derby here uh, as well, Gator, obviously the, uh, the red-hot favourite gets the job done and uh, full of merit, the performance. Oh, it was, a, it was an excellent win. It was just a different class to them. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, sure, you know, he had to, had a, a good run, but, um, you know, he didn't need it. Uh, he just got popped out on the back of uh, one at about the 800, cruised into the race, still under a stranglehold, and then broke away from them. Um, James pretty soft on Kovalika late. I think Fame's a really good horse and um, will absolutely make the grade. Um, zoomed through on the inside. On and through the line, going beautifully was Fame and, and really put a margin on the rest of them. Um, stroke of luck who kept finding line we still beaten four lengths though and we touched on promises kept beaten near seven Aberfeldy seven and a half and Tapadoo who'd run well in a group two won a group two in the Sydney lead up beaten 12 so there are a few potting uh, the winner but he's won brilliantly he's run the time to back it up uh, about um, you know a length above group one average off a good speed so you, know, you can't run good time if you're no good simple as that mm. Gee, there was good money for uh, for fame uh, with Tab and, and, and on course, Maxi. Uh, it was as much as $101 in the all-in market, then was into 50s, mm. um, and then pretty much from, from final field just kept trimming up, trimming up, trimming up. So um, I think Gator is right. Uh, we're onto something there with fame and excited to see where Peter places him in the spring. Yeah, he can really stay. His best work was the last 200, but he did go back to near last on the rails, conserve energy and really cut the corner made up several lengths fairly quickly, but he was 12 lengths off them. And in the wash-up, he's only been beaten by two lengths from Kovalika. Those people that are potting Kovalika, I mean, what, what's wrong with you? Seriously. He ran third in the Doombin Cup off a, um, a minor setback. Um, and then he comes out seven days later and makes a complete mess of the field after being a, 
um, three wine from about the thousand and traveling comfortably. That was just a superb ride by James McDonald, who obviously knew exactly what he had underneath him. He knew that only bad luck will beat him. And it seemed as though he was conscious of that. He had the good gate, but even out of the gates and up the straight the first time, you can see him looking around and giving himself a few options of where he was going to position. He got him into a, a great spot, eighth and ninth, one off the fence. And then he thought at about the thousand seemingly, I just want to get him away from the rails here. I, I don't want these horses coming back on me. And he just hacked up on the outside, reaching the lead, uh, probably too soon, but that's how well he was going. And he's just careered away and score. Uh, nine starts, six wins. He only cost 110000 this guy, by Ocean Park. Um, and, and great that um, Neville Morgan, David Devine, and they're all really good mates. Chris Waller have got another top-class horse going forward. I don't think there's any doubt. It'd be very interesting to see where he, he ends up in the spring, Duff. Um, obviously, there's going to be some big carrots. Um, you know, he has raced, uh, well, he's won at the mile, obviously, with that Guineas win. Would we see him in a possible Golden Eagle? Um, or is he, is, he a, is he a Cox Plate horse? He might be. Yeah, he's, well, he's, the marketplace is telling you he is. He's, um, you know, all the big majors, I'd say, he's, uh, he could go to 2,000 metre races that are the top 2,000 metre races, including the Cox Plate and obviously the Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup. Um, the marketplace says he's just about favourite in both, um, which they can react after a race, I understand that, but where else do we turn? Um, could he be our next wait for age horse? We, we, mm. we might be, we, we, you know, the, we get, there's no animo around and we're looking for something to take up the mantle and he's put his hand up first. Do you think because of that Doombin Cup run that really takes that element? And if he, if he doesn't have that Doombin Cup run and just stays at his own age and, and towels up those, those three-year-olds there, we think, well, you know, you've got a little bit of a, um, you know, a bit of unknown about you. But now we've seen him against um, pretty much. I mean, I know there's obviously some weight for age stars that weren't in that Doombin Cup, but he's been, what, he's been 1.2 off Huethorn, uh, Umerium, Dewis. I mean, that's sort of what we've got at the moment. I know there's some big guns, as I said, at home, maybe having a pick of grass, but... That's our wait for age crew. Yep, that's it. That's it. It's as simple. There's there's no there's no go to wait for age horse at two thousand metres unless the imports come back you to buy honours or whatever. And whether these Kiwis shape up or um, whether whether it's the um, the younger horses, maybe a militarise. Um, we're yet to see him back. But if you probably pick up the Cox Plate market, you'd hardly see it. There's our wait for age star who stands out because there's not one there. Mm. A couple of texts on the text line. It is true. We do see Chris uh, obviously target his good four-year-olds to an Epsom, uh, possibly. But there's going to be so many options available. And, um, well, he's in the right yard. And it's I guess it's a good conversation to have. And you mentioned as well, uh, Maxie, uh, two people, um, and a lot of people that have been, you know, the Morgan and Divine name, which we've seen in the race guide before. They've put a lot of money into racing. And good to see them um, with a good horse. Uh, what about uh, down in Sydney? I want to talk about Jet Stanley, uh, Duff. Um Obviously, he's got the got the right breeding. He's got uh, Brent Stanley, uh, which is old man in his corner, and, and Sparky would be no doubt in his ear. And just the way in which he's being managed, though, using his claim and whatnot, and he gets that Metropolitan Saturday winner on Saturday. And, geez, it was a good ride. It was, yeah. He kept cool, didn't he? And uh, he's seizing every opportunity Annabelle puts in front of him, and she's happy with him at the moment. So he'll continue to get opportunities, especially this time of year. So... 
A nice horse, I must say. He's lightly raced. He's young. He's imported. He's um, looks a real promising stayer. And this, and, and the boy in himself, he's had a a slow start to his career. Um, I, I think he, they wouldn't give him a license in Melbourne. I don't. I didn't think, and I don't know why. But the politics to that. And I think he went to Perth. And he went to Wagga. Um, I think, and then it finds himself with Annabelle, and yeah. um, he's found his mark. He's found his mark, and he's um, he's a cool rider, and he's got experience now. Yeah, he spent some time with Mitch Beer down there in the in the Riverina, and obviously was over there in Perth. So, um, Jet Stanley, uh, congratulations on getting that win on Saturday. What did you make Gator out of the same race? We're talking race six here at Ramick Rathful, who obviously caught our attention at Scone and and runs another race, just couldn't, um, you know, it was just too far back. Yeah, it was an interesting race, wasn't it? I mean, um, Naval College got into that uh, really sweet spot off a good speed. Um, they went about five lengths above average early, so it was, it was the, the tempo was on and gave the back markers their chance. But then, coming to the turn, um, Unspoken was forced right off the track and still surged to the line with 60 and a half. In my humble, I think he's probably the best run in the race. Miracle Spin was terrific uh, finale. That's what he's um, doing, um, producing uh, a, an exceptional finish every time he runs. He, he actually got by Rathful, who's a really promising horse himself. Biscayne Bay was okay, but safely held fifth. All the action here going forward is around the first four in my humble. Yeah, I agree. Um, frustrating horses, Rathful and Unspoken. He hits his flat spots, Unspoken. He just, uh, I was in his corner there on Saturday, and I'm... He just got shoved out there at the 800 and he just kept shoving right off the track and he just lost his concentration. Maybe that was a weight factor as well. And Rathful just doing things wrong with his racing pattern and um, getting back and he wanted to hang, but a highly talented horse. But in saying that, the winner's pretty good as well. We're going to uh, open the phone lines up. 133353 is the open line number if you'd like to get involved um, with the conversation today. And uh, there's a text on the text line about this two-year-old race to commence proceedings on Saturday at Ramwick uh, Duff. Uh, obviously, we saw Tannhauser win um, this done deal. Um, I must admit, if you um, if you follow on social media, if you've got the, the Twitter, jump on and follow Chris Waller. I think maybe it comes out on their Facebook page, but... Chris and Charlie will often talk about their runners for the weekend um, and they'll go through interstate runners and Sydney runners. And Chris mentioned in their sort of, um, you know, preview on that, I think Thursday or Friday they release it, that um, they're expecting good run from this particular horse uh, and obviously onto the JJ Atkins now, Duff. Yep, and um, always been a nice horse who's just hadn't learnt his craft, but he's more of a stayer, we know that. So he... He appreciated them going along a little bit there and just chimed in in the right part of the track. I think he's going to be much better at a mile and maybe even much better at 2,000 metres. So just, uh, yeah, he's sure to run be, be running on strong in a JJ Atkins and a triple whale doing the world of good. And he's always been a horse with a lot of promise. And he did try much better with those blinkers on, um, I think it was blinkers on the other day, and he run right up to it. Uh, so the, the timing's there for him to run well in the JJ Atkins. And Gator, what about this filly? Uh, $101, unique ambition. John Sarge with another nice filly. Good run, wasn't it? I mean, had the, the nice trail run, shot through inside and um, beat everything else. It just took Tannis out to run a big last 600 figure uh, to beat her. So she's gone enormous. 
um, Vomo Island, uh, probably, you know, clear enough in time, in my humble and a sound effort there. Godzilla loomed to win, uh, but I think that early keenness was costly. Yeah, very much so. And I think um, as well, a, a couple of the other nice horses. I mean, I wouldn't go um, dropping off Ravello Duff. I think they've got some big plans. I know John said last week that Ravello was uh, a horse they wanted to aim at the spring champion uh, when it came to uh, the spring and, and Rhythm of Love as well, another one who's gone out for a spell. Yeah, you could go down the page there. It uh, was one of them races that uh, for the improvers, and I, even though he failed uh, Matusalem, Stable made the winner. He was wide all the way, and I think further later on for him as well. But I think he's a lovely horse. But uh, yeah, it could be a race worth following in time. All right, so we'll take a break. It's nine thirty-one on Sky Sports Radio. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Post Mortem. Yeah, not too far away uh, from uh, taking your calls on thirteen fifty-three. 53. We can get involved in the text line 0419767272. Ron Duffersey, David Gately and Michael Maxworthy, our panel today, looking, of course, at the weekend that was. And there's a text in the text line here, uh, Duff, in relation to a performance from Reese Jones. We spoke then about uh, Naval College, but uh, gee, Conscript was well backed in from double figures and a little change in tactics and got the job done there. I thought Pizarro. Alicia Collett, from even speaking uh, with some of the um, connections, mate, 15 out of 10, that particular ride, just found one better. Yep, uh, the Rapture on can strip saying he'd improve on Saturday, and he certainly did. He, he just chimed in really well, and he's really riding with confidence, Reese Jones, although uh, Gerald and Sterling had a good day with those two winners. It probably should have been three with Union Army. Uh, not having much luck there as well on the day. But uh, Constrict is, like I said, he's always been a little work in progress and yeah, just got the set up beautifully for him there and he, he delivered in spades. He certainly did. What about um, Gator? Still looking at Sydney here. Iona Merck. Uh, we see Bjorn Baker and Derby Racing having a good run at the moment and this is a, a really nice horse that's uh, been gilded. Yeah, agree. I mean, tried really well into the prep, and uh, look, I was pretty keen on Tin in the race, but did think Iona Merck was, was the only danger, and just had that uh, beautiful inside trail, collared the leaders, kept going too well. I mean, it was a bit of a theme for the day, wasn't it? I mean, um, pretty much low benchmark racing throughout big fields. Pretty much every winner, apart from Conscript probably, had that uh, dream run, so that's what you needed in a game of inches. Um, and job done, certainly you know, some merit on the clock about four lengths above Overall averages the uh, overall time. Uh, Maxi, a text here, this one from Gibbo. Uh, can we ask Maxi and the team that were there on uh, Eagle Farm on the weekend what they thought of how the track played? Uh, what did you make of uh, the way in which that track played? And was there any favourable position to be in, Maxi? Um, I don't know. Duff was there as well. I, I didn't think so. Leading up to um, last Saturday, we'd... Um, We'd had several meetings away, like at Doombin, the prior two on the sunny coast. So the lead-up, Eagle Farm was playing superbly. Um, you could win all over the place, no problem at all. And I'm pretty sure, Duff, that was the, the case again on Saturday. I didn't hear any complaints. Um, obviously, you've got to take into account time, sectional times and what have you, but I gave it the big ticket of approval. Um, I couldn't find an issue with the track whatsoever. Uh, we had uh, the fence held up all day. We had winners coming down the outside, um, and Comrade Rosa, and uh, there was, you know, Kovalika come wide. Uh, so 
I think it was um, close enough to a 10 out of 10 track, to tell you the truth. Tracks I love to bet on, dry tracks, and the the starting price of the winners to use the best horses uh, were always in the finish there. So no bias for me. Phil's on the line, our first call of the day. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Phil. Oh, he's just dropped out. Uh, just reconnect that line, Phil. 13.53. 53. Gator, what do we make of uh, the Lord Mayor's Cup without a fight? Um, this horse that obviously had been racing over there in Group 3s, etc. in the UK. We saw it, of course, run a 13th in the uh, the Melbourne Cup. And, and now, obviously, with Anthony and Sam, the one trial, and they go bang. Yeah, look, it was um, an exceptional win, wasn't it? Really, two to their one. Uh, the late section ran straight by Lutzi. She's no slouch, not a star, but uh, this horse brings in some world-class form lines. Um, a really, uh, you know, a solid enough speed relative to the class. But he's come home 46 flat last 800 and 33.92 last 600 at the end of, you know, 2,000 metres. It's good going. I mean, he's, you know, 1,800, sorry. He's, I mean, he's, he's been a world-class athlete and um, he'll make his presence felt in the spring. Any chat after the race from any connections, Maxi Duff, where this horse heads? I'd you go to the Q22 he go the Q22 and he'd be very hard to beat. Mm. He'd be very, very, very hard to beat. Like this horse, they were spruiking up as a terrific Melbourne Cup chance. He started, he started a 10 to 1 chance in it and he would have started a lot shorter. I think the rain killed him, the wet track killed him on the day. He's a dry tracker. And that was arrogant. Um, he just is too, too powerful for that lot. Um, yeah, I think um, we've got to take our hats off to Anthony and Sam Friedman as well. Of course, he... Um, apparently didn't pull up that well after the Melbourne Cup and they wanted to run him in the Zipping Classic but um, Racing okay. Victoria denied them that saying that he was a something like that he was a heightened risk um, of something going wrong due to his scan so I think he may even have had surgery so he's obviously had plenty of time to, to get over that to feel good he had a jump out and that trial in Sydney on route to Brisbane was terrific and just looking at them turning into the straight, it looked as though Luncey's was going to uh, clearly be the one because he was under a lot of pressure without a fight. But, gee, picked up a bit the last 200. And as Gator said, two to their one over the final part. So I think he's the one that I want to be on right now in that QE2 on Saturday week at Eagle Farm. We've got uh, a call on the line, Nick. I think we've got uh, Bill. G'day, Bill. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. What's Look, your question? My query is... In the uh, guide this morning, uh, the horse was, uh, or, well, the trainer was Natasha Hall Antonio. Now, I was just wondering, have they got their own stable or are they attached to a stable, please? Not sure what you're talking about, Bill. You're referring to a race today or, or what, what, what are you no, referring to, mate? No, they're in the guide today, and I've noticed it for the first time. But the name of the trainer is Natasha Hall Dash Antonio, and I'm trying to find out whether they're on their uh, whether they're in a stable on their own or whether they're attached to someone. Yeah, if it's under the trainer's name, I'd think that they've got a stable yeah, of their own. Um, if it was a scratch scratch from race one. I think that's just her name. Um, yeah. I think that's the, the name. Yeah, it's a hyphenated name, so that would be her. Her last name, Natasha. She trains at Musselbrook. Yeah, because I train. I uh, follow uh, Miss Newsham 
who gets a few goals. Okay. Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah, yeah she's but, again uh, trained no, Annabelle, I, just an up and coming trainer, just with a few good horses. Yeah, well I back <laughs> I back every uh, horse that she has. Well, you'll be winning. Are you winning? <laughs> oh, I'm in front. <laughs> That's the way. We'll stay in front today, Bill. No problem whatsoever, anyhow. Have a good day and all the best for everyone. Thank you very much, mate, for your call. Uh, what about um, if you're following David Eustace, uh, Mr. Gately? Uh, Cardigan Queen, he threw out on during the week as a, um, as a tip. And, gee, uh, she was very good in that 1,300-metre race for it to Sandown on the weekend. Yeah, she's got a bit of class. I don't think she came up last prep at all, but her first up run was a, was a ripper. Um, audible worst part of the track. And just sat midfield with cover. Nice ride. I mean, just saved for one run. And that one run was exceptional. Um, off that good speed, ran the time to back it up. So, look, Mr Mojo Rising was good back on the inside. It wasn't a place to be, the right inside rail. So he's probably a coming winner for you. But Cardigan Queen was only second up. Um, she can handle any track. Um, she's performed really well in Group 2 races. So, um, yeah, can win again. Our next caller, David's on the line. Good morning, David. Yeah, good morning, guys. Just a quick question. Um, the horse called Go Wanji. Any idea where it is? I haven't seen it run for six to eight months now. He yeah. got injured. He got injured, didn't he, Maxie? And there's, I read a story the other day that um, he was just about, they were giving up on him, but uh, there's some chance he might come back. I, I think I may have read that. Yeah, it, um, I, I think it was um, a wind operation that he had recently. He may have had one a little while ago that didn't work, but they brought in this um, uh, well-recommended vet from uh, from Melbourne who actually flew up and uh, he had a the operation on the throat um, and the reports back to the vet, I actually heard him on the radio during the week, said that um, Tom Dougal, his trainer, has reported that so far so good with Go Wanji, but apparently it was quite serious. He may not have raced again, but um, a second go at this throat operation is, is looking pretty good. So we'll have to um, keep his progress monitored because he, he's a real star up here because of the fact that he's trained by Tom, Tom's dad is the owner. They bought him for a song and he went through the grades very quickly here in Brisbane, but he, he just succumbed to this, this wind problem that we're all hoping that he gets over fairly quickly. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, they were off to be money overseas and they kept him racing in Australia here, but, yeah, just haven't seen him for a while. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, David. Uh, all right, another update there. Uh, this one comes from Barry at Terrigal. Uh, what do we make of Fierce and winning the last? Uh, Duff in Sydney. Talk about well-backed runners. Uh, 5.50 into 3.80 off the NOP. And, and looking at the tab figures, um, uh, Timmy and that would have been under the desk on uh, Saturday. They would have been filthy. Yeah, big go. It's just one of the biggest goes of the day. Uh, because yeah. I, I, don't, I can't recall too many you know, form students tipping him or anything like that. He wasn't a spruce horse leading into the race. He had a good, solid form, honest form coming into the race, but uh, they backed him and he won with a leg in the air. So they knew what they were doing there. I think it was a pretty hot um, professional go, that one. Yeah, it certainly was. And short on the totes as well, Duff. Um, like really crunched on the totes. They're, yeah, they they're usually the ones, tell aren't they? they? Yeah, they're yeah. the ones. Yeah, yeah, they hit them late. Ones. Um, that uh, that really firm up. Steve's on the line. Good morning, Steve. Hey, how are you? Very good, mate. Uh, just a question about... Um, there was a situation Saturday in the highway where a horse drew barrier eight, Amaranth, well-tipped 
runner and end up jumping out of barrier 13. I just want to see what constitutes a non-runner. Yeah, look, that was a bit of a mix-up, wasn't it? Um, I think the two horses drew 8 and 13 and they went in each other's respective stalls. I think Keen Commander and Amaranth and they declared correct weight and then they realised after correct weight that the horses run in each other's barriers. So that inquiry's um, been set aside. So, the, yeah, two of the, I think the jockeys may have left the track. So whose fault it was, I don't know. Um, error of judgment. I'm sure there'll be checks and balances put in place to make sure that doesn't happen again. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you very much for your call. Uh, let's uh, go to, back to the text line here. And as I said, get involved with the show, 13.53. Uh, 53. Uh, what do we make of Super Strikes run in race nine there in Sydney on Saturday, Gator? Uh, look, I thought it was a terrific run. I mean, the um, sectionals were terrific amongst the best for the day. Uh, the tempo was moderate, which didn't help. And I think that's why there was bit, all that money for Fierce and was going to get a run, a soft run on speed and, and kick away. And that's what happened. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, um, was uh, an ec- exceptional uh, finale from super effort off that moderate tempo. It was a good run too, wasn't it, Duff? Yeah, he'll be the death of me, that horse. Uh, <laughs> super, super strike. Um, he... No, he's, uh, he hasn't won in a long time, but he's uh, he's had a lot of excuses along the way, and he'll win one shortly. He certainly will. Uh, it certainly, certainly will. Steve's on the line. G'day, Steve. Another caller. From... Morning, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. What what's, uh, what question you got for us? Uh, Gator, I've just got a couple for you if, you, if you wouldn't mind a short comment if you've done your replays. Um, a couple of unlucky runners, Secret Plan... Uh, in the later races, uh, Sandown, Corvalente, and also one I thought was um, a good run, a hidden run, was Tasman Park. Okay, it, um, Tasman Park was a nice run. Uh, sectional homework were good in limited room. Uh, secret plan uh, was a sneaky gem, you know, I think well found from you. Ran on strongly, um, never fully clear as well. So it's a recipe I love um, to see when value winners. Um, they just haven't used all their energy. So they've got a bit of sort of uh, saved energy for the next runoff. And um, so secret plan was a bit of a gem. He was 14 to one too. So he might've been missed by a few, but obviously not you. And um, Corvalante in the first, yeah, really nice debut, wasn't it? Just, just copped a Titan at such a key stage, probably lost one or two lengths and was only beaten 2.8, picked up, hit the line fourth fastest. So uh, I think the connections would have left the track pretty happy that uh, they've got a horse that'll win races there. Yeah, and the good thing is none of them really ran a place, so they'll all be yeah. odds next start. Fingers crossed. Thanks very much. Beautiful. Thanks for your call. Rod's on the line. G'day, Rod. Hello. How yeah. are you, mate? Hello. <laughs> Hello, Rod. How are you, mate? <laughs> Hello, Dave. You're there. Oh, you've got me loud and clear. How's your Monday, mate? Oh, good, mate. I'm just um, driving from Timber to Casino, but... Um, Wanted to ask you about Alana Kelly's welfare. I haven't seen her ride since the bad accident, and I was wondering how she was. To be honest with you, I haven't heard anything um, come through. It has been a while since we have seen Alana at the um, at the races. I'll tell you what, we'll um, try and find out for you, mate. Right, yeah, because uh, someone's looking after her welfare, because I think she took it pretty hard. Well, let's hope. Uh, let's hope so. I'll, um, I know that there was um, a interview that Matt Highland did 
um, with RSC in Melbourne recently. I think he had a, a gave an update. Like he's the, he's the Victorian Jockeys Association CEO um, for Jamie Carr. He was talking about the ten race programs, and he gave an update on Alana Kelly there. So. Well, uh, I'll find out. Even if, even if you want to have a listen to that, mate, you can jump on RSN and listen to their Spotify um, or their podcast. But if you don't know how to do that, we might uh, get a text sent to Matt and find out for you. All right? All right, thanks. Cheers, mate. Thank you, Rod. Uh, we're about, we'll go back to Maxie now because there's a text on the text line here, Maxie, in relation to the winner of the first. What did you make of Yasuki in race one there in, uh, at Eagle Farm on the weekend? Well, he was heavily backed uh, to win into $2.90, and he was the only horse you wanted to be on during the running of the race. He drew gate one, only had 52. Um, the drover actually bled in the race. He wasn't the same. He sort of came out, um, couldn't quite cross, so he dropped right out of it, and he got the saloon rails run there and went on to score a comfortable win. He's done a pretty good job. He's only a three-year-old, yes, Kay, and... Um, he'd been up for quite some time, so he, he got his uh, deserving victory there on Saturday. Um, beautiful ride by Damien Thornton, gate number one. I mean, he, he just—he was too good for them. Before we get to Mark, our next caller, just quickly. Um, good morning, Jens Lincoln here. Thoughts on the run of Poseidon Ruler? Did we make you want to jump in there, Duff? Or well, it was hard to miss. <clears throat> it was hard yeah. to miss. <laughs> we didn't have any luck at all. Um, so, excellent performance and uh, total forgive. Okay. And this one also comes in from Barry. Uh, morning, guys. Can you please ask Gator what's next for Lofty Strike? Has he, Have you heard anything in relation to Lofty Strike? Oh, I haven't. I just assumed he was in the paddock. I mean, he ran okay in the Goodwood, didn't he? But he wasn't the Lofty Strike we'd seen in the uh, opening no. play, or he would have won it. Exactly right. And and, uh, and the same text from Barry. Um, Duff, do you think... Uh, by the way, Lofty Strike is spelling. Uh, is spelling, take note. Uh, but uh, do you think Godzilla needs further? I just think he's going to get the race smarts about him. He couldn't get going at his first up run. And they said, we've got the blinkers up the sleeve. So he's still a little fresh going into Saturday. And he overdid it in the blinkers. So... He went from one extreme to the other, and then he, he used his energy and looked the winner on straightening when he peeled out and, well, I'd suggest cruised up, um, but just that not conserving energy went against him. I still think he's talented, and if they decide to take him to Brisbane, he'll run better than what you think. He just wants a fast race, needs to conserve energy, and I think he's he's got something. He's just showed too much last preparation, and he's just been a... A little bit of a handful, this prep. Mm, he certainly has. Uh, I think we've got uh, a caller on the line. Is it uh, Mark? G'day, Mark. G'day, g'day Dave. G'day, boys. Um, I want to talk about the derby in regards to fame and Kovaluka. Now, I respect everybody's opinion about the best horse one, and it was on the day Kovaluka beat fame. But one minute we're talking about the sprint race where Hawaii Five-0 and Yellow Brick, if Yellow Brick does this, does this, he might have won the race. My point about the staying race is, and, and uh, Gator would know more about this being in Melbourne, Fane's two wins have been a lot closer than what he was on Saturday. Once the barriers opened up and he was last, you could have got any price you wanted Cobra Luca because Fane has never come from that far back in a race and did what he did. So my point being, even though, as I said before, I'm not knocking Cobra Luca, he, he put him in the right position, and he was in front of Fame, and Fame was never going to run him down. But that's right, because even in the Shields report, Jason Collett says, 
he jumped moderately. He got further back than what he what he's meant to be. And then also he blundered at the 1,300 metres. Uh, 1,300 metres, so again, he was well back. I mean, I followed Faye because I've actually backed the horse in the Melbourne Cup, Ronnie, uh, this year, Dunkel. And the reason why I've backed Dunkel through that form is when he won a race at Mooney Valley, Dunkel, he mm. gave Fame a start and a thrashing. And if you go back and watch that race, it was the first start that Dunkel ever had over a maiden. So my yep. form line was going through the Derby, Adelaide Derby, watching that race with interest with uh, Aberdeen's boy and Tom, you know, Promises, whatever it's called. And um, and that, knowing that Dunkel fell on him, hopefully he comes back and Paddy Payne sets him from a Melbourne Cup, knowing that he's got a rating of 105. Um, so I just, and giving credit to Fame, who, as I said, in that race, in that maiden race over a mile at Mooney Valley, gave it a start and a beating. Yep. And uh, that's one more point. Kovalik was the best horse on the day, but I do respect the run of Fame, especially the money on the Saturday, as Dave's already mentioned. Uh, yeah, I, I get your point, and um, I would suggest Kovalika had more experience going into that race where Fame was uh, firstly away this time around, first trip away, uh, but the market doesn't lie, and 50s into 10s on the day suggested that he was expected to prove a threat to uh, Kovalika, and he could well have proved a threat if, he, if, if, if the first three or 400 metres went a little bit better for him. Yeah, that's all I to say, right? I appreciate you. Appreciate, I also appreciate your, co- your comment yesterday regarding the protest. You're entitled to your opinion, and it was good that you actually had a go at it and made a passion about it, mate. Mm, right. yeah. Mark, before you go, mate, um, you came on yep. the program a couple of weeks ago. What did you make of that run of Force Spargo? Uh, Force Spargo, I don't think Hawksby was a sort of... He was gone after the start, to be quite honest with you, Dave. When he missed the start, when he let it wind, he dictated the speed, and he got faster and stronger. Unfortunately, when he missed the start, Jay Ford had to get him behind the horses and he got checked. He's a bit shy when he had to go for runs and he's normally leading and he, he controls the speed of the race. And I just didn't think that suited him. I think he's going to be a better horse over a bit more ground. And when he leads, when he gets out of that gate and, and goes to the front, you'll see a, better, a much better horse. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit disappointed in the run because I did bring up to say this is a nice horse and he did troll yeah, three wide against half cabin. And everybody's talking about him in the strap race. So I know he's a good horse, but yeah, that race, unfortunately, um, didn't work out for him at all. Yeah, he got the drift late, uh, 170 at the 260. How scared yeah. do you get, Duff, when they go from you know late in the piece, 170 to 280, and you're sitting there, you know, waiting for them to load? <laughs> you get nervous, don't you? Yeah, you get nervous. So, look, you, we all can't get it right all the time. Um, that's for sure. We, 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 we've all got an opinion, and that's what the game's all about. And um, you get it wrong more than you get it right. And just on that protest, um, Duff, do you want to reiterate what you said yesterday on, on Thoroughbred Weekly? I thought it should have been upheld. I thought it should have been upheld. The horse did no work out the back where the, the winner had uh, sort of used his, his, his petrol. he come from four or five lengths behind him and, and he hadn't let him go bef- uh, because he knew he was going to be tight there and he was, in, he was just waiting for it to open up a little bit more and it didn't open up. So I think, personally, he was if he if he had that room to move the last sixty metres, he would have um, overpowered that horse. I, I, and, and I and I think I, I could be comf- nearly comfortably satisfied with that. But that's just a personal opinion. Like I said, it's a, not a popular opinion. Some people see, oh, six the gates first. It'll, they'll never uphold one of them. Maybe they won't. 
but it should have been second against first if, it, if he didn't have to stand up in the irons and, and uh, check the horse. The, you know, the winning jockey got suspended uh, for the interference. And, um, yeah, I, I just thought there was a, a lot of merit, a lot more merit in the protest than a lot of people thought. And I, I think it was uh, unlucky to be uh, dismissed. Your thoughts, Maxi? Oh, look, it's, a, it's 50-50. I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It would have meant that Sofrato, who was first past the post, then goes back to six. The protester, make a call, goes to fifth. I think the prize money was 12000 and the major beneficiary is Snapback, um, who gets the race. So, yeah, I can see what Duff's saying. I felt that he was going to win the race, make a call. Um, the margin in the end, with him standing up in the irons, was 1.5 lengths. But he was coming with a lot of momentum towards the inside. We'll never know. But I felt that he was probably going to win as well. But I'm just glad it wasn't me that had to make the decision. <laughs> well, I, I thought the stewards' report was badly uh, put together. Uh, they said, considering the way the horses both finished off the last 50 metres of the race, considering the way the last 50 metres of the race the horses went to the line, the other horse had to stand up in the irons. Well, of course he's not going to finish up, uh, uh, finish off better than the winner of the last 50 metres. It was prior to the 50 metres where he was coming with momentum. Anyway, it's all over now. And it would have been an unpopular decision for the local stewards, uh, but I still think it should have. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a it should have. It was a lot closer than what everyone thinks. Mm. And interesting too, obviously that um, obviously same connections with Snapback and. Well, that, and that's another thing that, that they'd be haunted. Oh, you know, the, uh, there was a lot of controversy upholding it taking it off the local and giving the other connections, the, the same connections, the win by default. But we saw it happen in Ramwick in that last race um, over the carnival where that horse ducked off the track there of, uh, and uh, uh, what, one John O'Shea's horse got the protest by default where the winner should have been the horse that got knocked down and run third of Snowden's, a Tycoon Evie or whatever it was. We saw exactly the same thing happen in Sydney, not, not as evident as that one. That was a no-brainer, that one. But uh, sometimes horses do win protests by default, you know. Gator, your comment? Yeah, look, uh, the more I watch the race, I think that Maker Call should have won it. And, um, you know, I think... Uh, so, I'm, I'm, uh, so Brad Davidson and I often have this same debate. Like, he's big on... Um, upholding a lot of them, you know, riders that break the rules and horses that break the rules. And I fully get that point. I just think that it is not in the interest of, of athletics, of any sport, to have the umpires decide the result. So um, it needs to be categorical, in my very humble, that that horse would have won the race. And sure, punish the jockey, punish the horse, ban the horse for a week, give it a week like they do in AFL, whatever it needs to be. Um, but I think if you are deciding results, of sport, any sporting contest, you need to make sure that the, you definitely would have won. That's the way I'd look at it. The umpires decide the result of the footy in the Rayfield yeah. every week, Gator. I'm well aware of this. <laughs> and it's, uh, lose, I'm losing a lot of sleep at the minute. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. All right. Um, if you can give us a call, 1353 53. Um, in relation to, uh, I know we spoke about uh, obviously that really good performance of the Freeman horse, but. Just a couple of texts here on Lunti's. Was he a sitting shot? Um, and is there more merit in that run? Duff? Um, I just think the winner was a, a class above. 
Uh, Luncey's cruised up and, and claimed the winner. Maybe Luncey's has got a short, sharp sprint on him, but it was just the power of the winner. He, he was simply dominant. He was, he was too good for our stayers. There we go. That answers that text beautifully. Uh, it is smack bang on 10 o'clock. We need some horses to follow for today's show. What about uh, yourself, Duff? What are we following? Well, I'm going to follow the highway form, and I think Mark Hassan's had his three runs back after two years off now. Wide no cover the whole way. He, surely he's, he's just about his turn to win a highway. And I, I, I don't think... I think it's going to be a strong race, the Q22, but I'm, I'll be with without a fight there. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm with without a fight in the Q22 as well. Duff, there weren't too many hidden runs at Eagle Farm there last Saturday. So nothing really to tell, but I think if he comes out of last Saturday, well, I think without a fight is the one. And I do like that snapback too for the J.J. Atkins. Um, granted, his stable mate is going to eat up the mile. I think this fellow snapback, if he draws a gate, he can position nice and handy. So it's all about the barrier for him in the J.J. So they're the two out of last Saturday I'm looking at for Stradbroke Day. All right, Gator. Uh, I'm going to stick with Chandra. I know I was tipping on Saturday. She's um, going really well, but she's going to put herself in a race over a little bit further and hope that she can win soon at a price. Union Army was uh, obviously luckless, um, going well, and unspoken we've sp- uh, spoken about. Beautiful. There we go. And just a, a, a last but not least, Maxie, and this one comes in from Tom from Tamworth. Um, Orbison, remember that good horse that David Van Dyke had? I can't yeah. find it on Riser. Is it... Uh, no longer in the country, or is it is it in training still, or is it no longer with us, or have you heard? Yeah, it's not spelt. It's not spelt the same way as Roy. Um, uh, look, there's issues with him. He won three barrier trials at the Sunny Coast, and then at Doomben last Saturday, I thought he was 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 poor by his standards. I there might be some some issues with him, Dave, but I think his best um, is behind him at the moment, Orbison. That's right. Yep, uh, he was in the chief to be his behind Mashandi Sniper. There you go, Tom. Um, throw his name in um, in Rise. Yeah, O R B I S Y N. Have a great uh, Monday, gents. Enjoy the week ahead. Of course, we've got the carnival continuing there in Queensland. We're uh, at Eagle Farm again, uh, and to take note, we've got the Oaks in relation to uh, this weekend ahead. We've got the uh, Mile, Magic Millions National Classic, the Morton Cup, the Queensland Day Stakes, um, the Phoenix. Um, we've also got the Lightning, etc., plus some benchmark racing. Uh, this weekend, of course, uh, in Sydney, uh, we are at uh, Rose Hill. The Winner Cup listed race, 2,400 metres will be the feature. So that'll be Rose Hill on Saturday. And we're at Flemington on the weekend as well. Looking forward to Flemington Racing, where we've got some good Vobus Racing uh, and some straight racing as well. So, good weekend ahead on the punt, gents, and looking forward to it, and we'll catch you next Monday. See you, guys. Okay. Thank you, fellas.